Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This episode is brought to you by Nourish by Nature Made, the number one pharmacist recommended vitamin and supplement brand. Nourish is a personalized vitamin regimen customized to you. Backed by 45 years of science, they remove the guesswork from your vitamin regimen. With thousands of happy customers, Nourish is a trusted supplement brand by many. Visit Nourish.com to create your customized package today. Ich war seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt. Als wär's ein Rhythmus, als gäb's ein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Komm dir entgegen. Hello and welcome to Gegenpressing, the Bundesliga podcast from the Football Grad Network. I'm your host, Bryce Dunn. You're joining us on Sunday evening as match day 10 has been completed. Another exciting Bundesliga match day. Joining myself this evening is Manuel Veth. Manu, how are you doing today? Yeah, doing very well. How about you, Bryce? Not bad. I must say it was another entertaining match day. Yes, I say that every week, but I suppose there's stuff you can take from each one of them. Uh, we wanted, uh, which we'll get to, we wanted an upset, didn't we, to, to really have something to talk about on the Sunday evening, but uh, we didn't quite get that. But we'll, we'll get to that all in good time. But there was plenty going on this weekend, Manu, wasn't there? Yeah, there really was. And um, I mean, we recorded some of it yesterday without your price and some of it, you know, we're doing more or less the, the leftovers. Sorry that you stuck with those, Bryce. But um, yeah, there's been a lot of stuff going on. So we should probably get started. Yeah, I think we had better because, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to be pushed for time, I think, today. But, um, yeah, as I said, match day 10, um, it has been co- almost completed, I should say. There, there's Monday night game to go, uh, but we, we'll, we'll comment on that maybe next week, depending on the result. But let's uh, get stuck in. We talked about, before we came onto the podcast, that we felt that Stuttgart needed a bit more recognition. So here it goes. Manu, we've seen uh, Stuttgart on Sunday um uh, beat Werder Bremen 2-1. They're sitting eighth in the table, newly promoted. It's been a very good start to Bundesliga life this year, hasn't it? Yeah, and with an American coach, Pellegrino Matarazzo. You know, there isn't... Everyone always talks about Jesse Marsh. We talk about this podcast, uh, on this podcast about Jesse Marsh quite a bit, and he's not even in our league. And I feel like we don't give Pellegrino Matarazzo enough love for what he has done in, in Stuttgart. This, his side is playing very good football. And when you compare it, for example, with what Union Berlin are doing, right? Um, Union Berlin had a very good start. They, they are about, you know, in the same region of the table, two points apart. And they had a fantastic game today. Yeah, they really did. They seem to be playing very entertaining football. Uh, we've seen that even against Bayern Munich, didn't we? That they, they really give a go to it. Uh, they, they've come up. Uh, we, we've seen some teams come, getting promoted before coming up and just be completely out of their depth. They seem to have their own style. They like attacking football and they're sticking by their guns and they're, they're looking very good. We're even seeing some new faces um, as, as we go along. I, I, and with this young American coach, it, it all seems to be working very well for them at the moment. Manu, let's talk about some of the players that they have then. Um, who has stood out to you so far? 
I love that you were passing this on because we know exactly what we're going to talk about now, right? And that's Silas Mamangituka. This is one of those names where everyone in the beginning is going to struggle. And then, like it has been the case with uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, it's going to become a household name. And Wamangituka is going to become a household name. He is such an interesting player. They signed him from Paris FC for, for 3 million euros back in uh, 2019. And at Transfermarkt, we now have him at 10 million euros already. And I think his market value is just going to keep going. I mean, he's... He's involved in 26% of Stuttgart goals already this season, right? And that's despite the fact that he's only played about 72% of the minutes uh, at VfB. He's a great player. I think um, a lot of people need to keep him, keep their eye on him. Um, so once again, that's uh, Silas Wamangituka. Um, yeah, one to watch for sure. Yeah, this is it. He really has impressed us. Wamangituka. Uh, see, I said I'd say give a go at his saying his name. I'm going to have to get used to that one, as you said, Manu. Uh, but yeah, five goals, two assists so far. He he probably has been the the the, the brightest star in that Stuttgart side. And yeah, we, we've been thoroughly enjoyed watching them so far. And this was a very good result against the uh, Werder Bremen side that got a goal right at the end uh, to make it look closer than it actually was. Um, yeah, very impressive. So... Let's uh, move on to the other Sunday game. And yeah, I, uh, unfortunately, it's uh, another tough day for a certain team in blue. Now, there's a ball that Mark might be able to use. He's all on his own. He's got to wait or take it on his own. He's waited. And Schalke have waited for a goal. And it's been chalked off. Yeah, I think in the run up to the play, Mark Utier's just in an just offside, offside position. Yeah. Yeah, it's another defeat for Schalke. Things um, are continuing to be pretty gloomy uh, for the sides uh, and not looking much better. But uh, Manu, we've said it um, all too often, you know, um, that Schalke are not looking very good and that they've got many issues. So we, we decided that we would focus a little bit more on Bayer Leverkusen today. And so they've moved up to second with that 3-0 victory. Uh, and Peter Boss side looking a bit more consistent than normal. I mean, we have our secret WhatsApp chat, right? Um, where we where we talk about our, everything Bundesliga. And there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make it on the podcast. But I, I can reveal that some of us thought um, to be cheeky to bet against Leverkusen winning this game and Schalke ending the, the, the running streak. Because it's just like sort of what we've kind of started to expect from Leverkusen. You know, whenever they have that opportunity to jump to the very top of the table they kind of mess it up a little bit. And um, so it wasn't the worst bet. I, I'm not going to say it was me who put that bet in place. I don't bet on football games, but I say some of us may have. I think it was probably not a bad bet. But Leverkusen, you said it in the chat, they didn't look that convincing or great, but they simply got the job done today. And I think this is really what you need to do in order to be at the very top of the table. Yeah, absolutely. I'd just like to go uh, on the record as well and say that I do not bet on football games either. So um, process of elimination, you might know who did. Uh, we talked at the uh, top of the show that you know it would be nice to get uh, from a talking point anyway an upset, but that wasn't to happen. I agree, Manu, that um, Leverkusen are looking a little bit more consistent. Um, they don't seem to be shipping the goals that they used to. Uh, and like said, Diaby... Uh, Bailey and well, you've got uh, Alario didn't even feature today, but uh, Amiri, they've, they've got an extremely interesting and exciting team, and the consistency has got them up to second in the table. Uh, 
Manu, I mentioned that obviously Peter Boski was at uh, Dortmund before. Uh, Dortmund um, struggling a little bit with consistency, as they tend to do. They're not going to be looking at Peter Boska in a very a pleasant light at the moment, are they? Well, Chris and I are going to talk about this um, later on in the podcast, but I think that Peter Bosch, um, like Tuchel before him, was not necessarily the easiest person to work with. And that sometimes at Dortmund, they're going the path of release resistance, right? And maybe this is something that they can be faulted for a little bit. But look, Bosch has to decide playing effective football. It's it's not flashy at the moment, and it can't be flashy at the moment because of of the way the schedule is, right? Leverkusen have an enormous amount of games. They have the same amount of games um, already in this calendar year that Bayern have, right? So that gives you a good indication of where they're at. And you're sitting just, what is it, one point now behind Bayern Munich in the table? I, I think that, that that shows you a lot about the football that Peter Bosch is playing. And I, I think um, maybe people will have to reassess him a little bit. Manu, does this mean that uh, Leverkusen will lose that nickname that they've had over the years, Neverkusen? Bryce, come on. You're not going to get that answer out of me. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I thought I'd try, you know. <laughs> well, they're, they're doing very well in Europe, it has to be said. They're, they're through. They even got uh, Patrick Vieira fired uh, this week with a 3-2 win. Uh, um, and... Things are looking so good in the league as well. They're playing Hoffenheim next, and then they'll be playing uh, Köln as well. So I think there's a real opportunity there for them to continue on that March you know, for the next few weeks. And yeah, we'll just have to see how far it takes them. But um, let's see. Let's see if they can change that and start uh, start winning cups or maybe even titles. So Chris and you, uh, Manu, spoke um, a little bit on Saturday night uh, about all the different games. There were many games to talk about. And we're going to listen uh, to that conversation now. From Kopernik to West End, a 32-kilometre trip that Union will have taken today that once upon a time would not have been possible. Off the pitch, tonight's match stands as a celebration that a once-divided city is no more. But on the pitch, it's a fiery rivalry stemming from a culture clash in modern times. So, yeah, Chris, I want to start with that Friday game, the Berlin derby. Such a, such a major fixture in, in the calendar, and it has become a really big fixture in the calendar um, really too bad there weren't any fans in that game. Because could you imagine the Olympia Stadium being full for this one, especially the way Union Berlin have started this year? Yeah, it was a real shame that there was no fans in there because it would have been absolutely packed out. And I can only imagine what the start by Berlin would have been like, or Union Berlin would have been like, because they started that game at like 300 mile an hour. If they would have been propelled by an away end, um, they might have broke the sound barrier. It was just a, an absolutely wild game um and yeah we've now had two really good friday night fixtures yeah it was it was a brilliant game and you're already saying it that the early lead that they took that pass by ingwardson to set up um avoni such an amazing goal but kind of went sideways for union berlin really quickly after that and we have to talk about i don't want to use the word controversy chris <laughs> because i feel like that's the wrong way to describe this red card it was probably the clearest red card that you will ever see in the Bundesliga, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I, I'm not sure why um, the, there was a chap on Twitter who decided to argue against it. Um, he said, it, you know, he, he thought it was unfair. He thought it should have been a yellow card at the max. I mean, Andrik absolutely catches Toussaint in the neck. And okay, 
we can argue that he wasn't really, uh, was there any intent? First thing is, was there any intent and was it deliberate? Well, you know, as you all know, and most of the people listening to this podcast know, those two words don't even come into play when you're looking at uh, uh, if a challenge is dangerous. Uh, did Andrick endanger Toussaint with dangerous play? Yes, he did. He's standing on his tiptoes, and Andrick, and his foot is higher than his own head, and he catches Toussaint in the neck, who's one foot off the floor jumping. Now, if that's not a high foot, uh, uh, over six foot high, I don't know whatever is. Yeah, it was. Is the clearest red you'll ever see. Was it deliberate? Did he intend it? Doesn't matter. One iota. Um, you know, he endangers play and he has to go. And yeah, it's, it's the clearest red card. I'm going to say we'll see all year. Yeah, my favorite moment was uh, Andres waiting on the sideline for referee Brich <laughs> to, to double check it on VR. That simply wasn't going to happen. I always liken this with um, car accidents, you know, even if you don't mean to hit that pedestrian, if you did, um, you're still going to get punished for it. And this is exactly the same situation. I think that red card probably decided that match, Chris, because... Union kind of, you know, struggled a little bit with the man down, obviously, as they would. And had that really, especially in that second half, made the most out of having the extra player on the field, didn't they? After the red card, Union sort of fell apart, didn't they? And I understand why some of the comments post-match were, we would like to have seen this game 11 versus 11. But, you know, the laws of the game are the laws of the game. Um, and it would have been nice to see it as it was. But, you know... When Jan Berlin did sort of self-implode a little bit after after the red card happened, um, and I think maybe that is to be expected when you go a man down. It's a derby fixture. They're away from home. They play one certain way. Um, but more than losing the game, Manu, for me, the loss of Max Cruiser right at the end in added time could be season-defining if he's out for a long time because of because of the start he's had there. And, and he has been Mr. Union Berlin so far this season. Yeah, and it, it doesn't look good. I'm, I'm just they haven't confirmed exactly what the injury is for Max Kruse, but um, it looks like a serious knee injury. And you're quite right; it's a season-defining one for me. And I think people turn on the television for Max Kruse, don't they? And it's, he's the kind of player. He's not the perfect player by any means. You know, he's not a model athlete, but he is the sort of player that people go and turn on the television for and because he has these special moments he scores the perfect goals he gives those assists and he's he's a classic number 10 in so many ways and I think Union Berlin are going to really struggle to replace him I think he's the one player that they possibly cannot replace because this is really a, a collective isn't it so it's 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 a huge shock not just for Union but I think it's a really sad moment for for the entire league and big shock for them um, Chris, we have to move on and <laughs> talk about Borussia Dortmund once again with the danger of sounding like a broken record. Lucien Favre, your thoughts? Oh man, where do I even start? So uh, Dortmund, it, this is such a big weekend um, with Leipzig um, playing away at Bayern, the Allianz, the, the top two as such, going head to head. I think everybody in the world had a feeling it was going to be a high scoring draw. We'll get to that in a moment. But the door was left open for Dortmund to take advantage, not for the first time this season. And they didn't. They were just so limp. And it sums it all up. And I know I'm going to sound like a broken record now. Um, and I always caveat this in case people think I'm on some sort of father out train. I think he's a great tactical coach. I don't think he's a brilliant man manager. After this game this evening, he said that he's happy with a point. 
he's happy with a point. He would have been happy with a point at Augsburg. He would have been happy with a point at Cologne, against Cologne. You know, it's not such a bad thing to get just a point. I mean, that is the sort of breeding ground for mediocrity. For me, it's why Dortmund won't win a title under him, because he speaks at the moment like a coach who's in third place and he's happy with that. And Borussia Dortmund have a squad where they should be top, really. Their squad is equal to Leipzig. It's equal to Bayern in parts. They should be on 21, 23 points. And Lucien Favre should not be saying he's happy with points dropped yet again, especially with this fixture taking place um, Saturday night, the top two playing. It was Dortmund's for the taking and it wasn't taken again. And yeah, we do sound like broken records, unfortunately. Yeah, we cannot always win 3 or 4-0, quote Lucien Favre. Um, there was something said to me today, and I, I actually thought that was quite bang on, Chris, is that Lucien Favre is a comfortable personality for the Borussia Dortmund board. Um, and I know that in the past, Lucien Favre has been someone who has also been difficult to work with, but he seems almost like the comfortable choice right now, doesn't he? And when you look back to Thomas Tuchel, who's probably gotten the most out of this Borussia Dortmund side, this is the sort of personality that they maybe need. You need, you, in my opinion, you need friction to be successful as a club. Um, look at Bayern Munich, right? This is a club where everyone always bangs their heads, whether it's been in, in the front office, on the field. It's a shark tank, right? And I feel like that's almost a little bit lacking right now at Dortmund, isn't it? Yeah, I understand that clubs need a, a cohesiveness. They need a togetherness. They need that squad spirit. But you're quite right. You need a bit of a drive. And Thomas Tuchel unfortunately fell out with the higher echelons and, and that relationship became unworkable, untenable, and he moved on. But I can't imagine Thomas Tuchel saying, this is a good point away from home against Eintracht Frankfurt after dropping points previously in games as well within the past couple of match days. And the top two are playing. And I know I've said it a lot, but Jurgen Klopp's ghost haunts the um, Westfalenstadion. And he's the... I mean, imagine Jurgen Klopp saying that at his time at Borussia Dortmund. For me, Lucien Favre, I think he knows he can't compete with Bayern. And maybe he's a little happy with it. And second place is good enough for him. I think the difference between that and Jurgen Klopp, Jurgen Klopp knew he couldn't compete with Bayern unless he changed it and did his head way. And he did, and he turned Dortmund around. They were back-to-back Meisterschale winners. They were Pokal winners. They got to the Champions League final. They need that sort of personality. I thought Tuchel was the man to, to follow on from that. But you know the relationship soured, not just on the higher level, also in, in the dressing room. But yes, they need that type of player, uh, coach for me. They need a coach um, with a little bit of little bit of attitude and a little bit that's going to make Gio Reyna, Bellingham, Sancho, Royce, Berkey, anyone run through a brick wall. And you're quite right, comfortable Lucien Favre. I don't think it's going to do that. Yeah, maybe my final thought on this before we move on to the next game is that it seems like right now it's just individuality, individual performances that rescue this, this team. Gio Reyna today, um, Erling Haaland before he's injured. And that's just not good enough. But I want to move on to a game that has a very special place in my heart because, Chris, this was the first game that the two of us ever covered together, live in stadium as journalists, doing this podcast. And that's Leipzig against Bayern, or in this case, Bayern against Leipzig. That 5-4, I will always remember that. 
But today was probably pretty close, Chris. That's 3-3. This game is slowly turning into a classica, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you're going to get tons of abuse online for that. But I do agree with it. I do agree with it. If you look at what a Classica should be, not just in Germany, look at it around the world. Look at the Real Madrid against Barcelona, Liverpool against Manchester United, um, you know the, the the ones in Italy, Juventus against Milan at times, uh, Inter Milan and AC Milan throughout the ages. They are, are games where what's going to happen, you don't really know. And for the past few German iterations of the Classica, Apart from a couple of surprise results, and I say surprise results, at home in Signal Iduna Park, it's basically been Bayern 5, Dortmund 0, Bayern 4, Dortmund 0. There's not much of a classic tone about it, but yeah, you're quite right. Three years ago, that was our first game together um, as accredited journalists for this particular podcast and for the outlets we write for. And, and yeah, so this game's got a, a big place in my heart also. But this is what a classic game is. It's to and fro. It's almost like a basketball match. And that first half, Manu, was like a basketball match at times. Yeah, was, I, I needed a moment to settle and um, settle my thoughts on this game afterwards. And I mean, it's good that we had a 30-minute break before we went on this podcast because I have a lot of thoughts on it. And I thought it was... It was it was a brilliant game, and I think that both coaches really showed um, their skill level or the difference in skill level in some ways. Because for me, Hansi Flick, when Harvey Martinez got injured, and I, I hope he, I hope wish him all the best. I don't want anyone to be injured, but when Jamal Musiala came on, that changed Bayern's game for the better. That young kid, and he played as a number eight. He didn't even play as a winger. He played in that midfield role, and he was. Fantastic. Um, made scored that first goal and really gave Bayern a lot more creativity in midfield. And I thought this is a substitution that made a lot of sense. And then um, I thought Nagelsmann starting Forsberg as a number nine was fantastic. Forsberg unfortunately had to come off. And Leipzig really, after the substitutions, they really lost the chemistry a bit, didn't they? And I feel like that Nagelsmann almost overcoached it in the second half a little bit. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I thought the, the Musiala coming on did make a massive difference. I mean, I do like um, Ave Martinez, but I think when he plays with Leon Goretzka as a central, you know, two as that double six almost, I think they're pretty much the same player. So they sort of cancel each other out. There's there's not one that does anything that remotely different than the other. Which for me, anyway, if I'm if I'm seeing a double pivot, I want one to maybe be a little bit more offensively minded and one defensively minded. And that's how the pivot works perfectly. If you think back to Leipzig, when we went, first went to see them and there was Naby Keita who was you know, in one of those double, double pivot roles and he could push forward, but he could also drop back. And I think when Musiala came on, I think that gave Bayern that attacking extra edge that they wanted. And yeah, I do agree. I thought Leipzig at times were, were phenomenal to watch, but... We can get anything delivered from furniture to toilet paper. And now, adult beverages with Drizzly. Drizzly lets you compare prices from local liquor stores on a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your door in under 60 minutes. And right now, Drizzly's giving all new customers $5 off their first order. Just enter promo code EASY5 at checkout. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? 
Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Julian Nagelsmann, he went to that back five. I can understand why he did it, because they are away from home. They've got a massive game coming up midweek, so you do have to rotate. You do have to throw a bit of the changes in. But I feel Leipzig's forward threat sort of took maybe 10 to 20% off when they went for that five at the back because I just thought it took away from the you know, from the midfield and certainly from the forward element, their ability to, to go forward and to create chances. Um, I don't think it was decided by the coaches. I think they have a, an idea in mind that they have to rotate and we have to change things because of this very strange season. But it would have been nice to have seen both teams stay as attacking for as long as possible. Yeah, me, my... my... Final thought on this is that I thought it was really odd. I know he post probably had to because um, it looked like Forsberg, he was holding the, the back of his leg. So it looked like he he picked up a little bit of a strain. And there is a big game coming up and Forsberg is going to be crucial against Manchester United. But I did think that Paulson and Sirlot playing together up front, they were maybe a bit too similar. And they just punted the ball forward, didn't they? Hoping that the big man, um, either Paulson or Solid, would hold up the ball and then someone like Nkuku could sprint onto it into the space. But after he took off Justin Kluivert, it there just wasn't enough um, enough up there to like really rush the ball. And that's, I think, maybe took away a little bit of their attacking threat um, towards the end of the game and gave Bayern a little bit of relief of, of really playing that high line that was very much threatened in the, in the first half. So... Maybe my final thoughts. Chris, um, before before we leave this match, uh, your thoughts on that Manchester United clash? Oof. I mean, this has everything set up for it. You would expect Leipzig at home to maybe edge it, um, especially the way they played today. But as this game was going on, uh, Manchester United were also playing a league match in the Premier League. They were away to West Ham. They went down a goal again very early and they came back to win 3-1, which is something this Manchester United side have done it. Now, off the top of my head, without going through the, the results, I think that's the third time in six or seven days that Manchester United have come from behind to win a fixture. So if Leipzig do take the lead, which I think they can, I don't think it's a done deal. We could see a similar sort of game. Now, Will both teams be as open and be as expansive as this particular um, Bayern-Leipzig game? I'm not so sure. I think it could be a very cagey affair, but both sides have got the ability to score a lot of goals and both sides also have the ability to come back when they go down. So it's going to go all the way. Um, I spoke midweek about this. I think that at some point, Leipzig have to make a decision. I don't think they can win two competitions and I don't think they can get to the final stages in both competitions and by final stages I mean keep tabs with Bayern into you know we get into May time to try and win the league so I'm again going to have to say they're going to have to choose a competition and and for me for Leipzig it has to be the Bundesliga so if they do go out I don't think it's the end of the day I do feel though that Manchester United might just get the result that's needed for them to go forward um, I think they may place a little bit more value on the Champions League this season than Leipzig have. 
yeah, big fixture coming up on Tuesday. I'm very much looking forward to it. It's going to be a fantastic game. Well, Chris, thanks so much for jumping on as always, and we'll chat next week again. What a game to finish the day on Saturday. Eh? I'm sure you guys have said it all, but hey, that, that, that fixture just all too often seems to be a really special one. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's such I mean it means a lot for us on this podcast as well because like the three of us this was the first game that we did together right when we first started so um, as I said earlier in the podcast it is a special fixture and it's becoming increasingly more a special fixture in the Bundesliga yes it is uh, well, what a game to go to and I do like that the Bundesliga uh, your TV uh, seems to promote that as one of the best games over the last uh, 10 years and that we were there really was something special but enough said about those games we have our Twitter questions so let's get into them we've got three we're going to try and cram in here Manu let's see how we get on so Josh Sim he asks with both promoted teams winning this weekend what have you made of their season so far Manu yeah, but we have spoken about Stuttgart, right? And I think Stuttgart are playing um, within the expectations. I think that they're not a normal promoted side. Stuttgart is, and we've said this many times in the podcast in the past, one of those sleeping giants in German football. So I think that despite them being promoted, they, they should be in the top half of the table. I'm not saying in Europe, but in the top half of the table. Whereas for Bielefeld, great result for them. And, um, you know, you mentioned the... Japanese striker Ritsendoa, right, who has been has been outstanding for them, and they it's going to be a tough season for them, similar to what it was for Paderborn last year, right? Because Bielefeld is about the same size of a club. But I think the one thing that maybe will be in Bielefeld's favor over what Paderborn faced last year is the fact that in Mainz and Schalke there's just two clear cut candidates that are just way worse than they are. And I think maybe that might be enough to fight off relegation. Yeah, Manu, as you said, Joanne has been really something special. And uh, the second goal that uh, Bienefeld scored uh, over the weekend uh, that he scored from just on the edge of the box. Oh, what a strike. He, he really has been something special, hasn't he? So let's move on to uh, question number two. Rob C asks... What does Favre have to do to stay as manager at BVB? Because I'm not convinced BVB will compete, will keep him past this season. Manu, I feel he could be right. Yeah, and I mean, we spoke about this early in the podcast and it's. I'm not going to say he will have to win the title. I don't think it's necessarily that, but I do think that his football has to be more, it has to have more emotions. And a few of the comments that we've we've gotten over Twitter on this weekend, um, there was one that the, the club looks more and more like the, the players on the field play more and more like the the character of the coach, right? And um, we do wonder if if it has to be really about just necessarily titles, but it has to be about giving playing this attractive, high octane football, right? As Chris said earlier in the podcast. Favre knows that he can't compete with Bayern, so he won't. But Klopp didn't care and just beat him his way. And I think that's the sort of coach that Dortmund need. They need someone who can go in there with conviction and say, we can beat Bayern um, no matter what. And I think that's um, that's ultimately what Favre is going to be judged on. Yeah, I think you're right there. But um, we're going to have to just uh, wait and see whether he can last the season or beyond, really. Um, it, 
they will actually be facing up against Stuttgart this uh, coming Saturday, a game that I am really looking forward to, to be honest. But uh, final question of the day, uh, Manu, uh, I love this name, Gin Tonic asks, do you think Bayern will remain inconsistent, which will result in a more interesting title fight? Who do you think can challenge them the most? And where are Bayern's weaknesses and Leipzig's strengths? How did we get to this result? Hey, that's quite a loaded question. Um, Manu, the, the floor is yours. Obviously a Leipzig fan. Um, <laughs> because otherwise they wouldn't word that question. It, it really much gears towards the fact that Leipzig are going to be probably the one that are going to challenge Bayern. And I think that's quite obvious. We saw it, we saw it on the field on, on Saturday. And it was really interesting how Nagelsmann... Um, really took this game to Bayern and really exploited Bayern's weaknesses. And I, I, took a, I took a look at the table today, Bryce, and Bayern's goal differential this season is 34 to 16. Um, you know, they score a lot of goals, but they concede a lot of goals. You know, you have to go all the way down to seventh place to find a team that has conceded the same amount of goals than they have. Then that's Gladbach, right? So this is, this is a side that's very vulnerable in defense. And I think that um, teams will come and play them and teams like Nagelsmann if they're well coached and they are willing to take risks and have the player material available and I think Leipzig actually have a deeper squad than Bayern you know they are going to be challenged and the season is not getting easier for Bayern because they have Champions League football they have cup they're playing in the FIFA World Cup so I think the season is going to be more interesting and I think yeah someone will challenge them and it will be Leipzig and how did we get to the result well two very good Leipzig explored all of Bayern's strengths and Bayern explored all of Leipzig's strengths. And there is, um, you know, with both sides are willing to play attacking football. That's how you get wonderful results like this. Yeah, and thankfully you know, for us uh, Bundesliga fans, they seem to do this quite often in that fixture. It's um, It really is a, a fantastic um, date in the calendar, isn't it? So we're going to have uh, Bayern Munich will face uh, Union Berlin next week, late kickoff game on Saturday, and then RB Leipzig will be taking on Werder Bremen. Um, Manu promised me, um, just before we came on here, that if uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach managed to beat Real Madrid and go through to the knockout phase of the Champions League uh, this coming week, I'm sure you'll all be watching, uh, that we would do an entire podcast on them. Maybe okay, not maybe an not entire, entire podcast. podcast. <laughs> but we'll definitely talk about that. But yeah, so um, what I'm trying to say is that is it for the podcast uh, this week. Um, look forward to the games uh, in Europe uh, this coming week. Um, I think that's going to be the highlight. Uh, I think we'll all be tuning in and all excited. Come on, Gladbach. Eh? It's going to be a, a fun game, I feel. But uh, yeah, apart from that, um, that's it on the uh, Gag and Pressing podcast uh, this week. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And we'll be back before you know it. Auf Wiedersehen. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? 
Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.